0: Unfortunately, we have fall baseball, but the Brewers are no longer a part of it. And take a look back at the season and some of the things that have been stated since then. Our good buddy Adam McAlvey of Brewers.com and MLB.com is here. Adam, how you been?
1: Hey, good. Hibernating. Beginning my uh, winter hibernation.
0: So, well, you know what? I, I understand that, unfortunately, it's a little bit earlier, but or, you know, earlier than I guess we would like. But it's somewhat understandable. The Brewers, obviously, offensively never got out of their own way this year. The pitching was pretty good, which really probably was more the story, just by judging from the awards that uh, you baseball writers gave out. And in addition to that, uh, I, I find the offseason going to be interesting because, as you heard from David Stearns, and I was listening to you earlier today, uh, the economic climate for the Milwaukee Brewers is, is so uncertain, so... When David Stern starts talking about the future and everybody wants him to spend money and go out and get guys, it doesn't sound like it's going to happen, does it?
1: No, and I mean, if anyone's surprised by that, I I would love to trade places with you because you've missed the carnage of the last six months. Um, I don't think, I mean, if anyone expected payroll to go up with what's happened in the country and, and for a sport that had no fans in the stands. I, I'd love to have a conversation about that. Um, I would expect it was way more likely that it goes down and he's not going to commit to that now. Uh, but it's a really tough situation for me. What complicates this off season is two things. One, you know, this is a team that operates under low flexibility, financial flexibility in a great year. Now you're in the midst of a pandemic where the industry has taken ruinous losses um, because they can't have fans in the seats Two, how do you even analyze what the hell you have? Because here, my favorite stat, I keep saying this and maybe people are tired of me saying it. The Brewers had their worst offensive year ever by a couple of different measures, batting average being the simplest um, contact, their worst year ever. They were mm-hmm. second best in the National League Central. Now, I have no idea, if, if I'm a GM, how to analyze what the hell you have in terms of this offense. I think it's bad. Um, but how bad relative to what happened in the rest of the sport? And how do you measure the numbers that you saw in this 60-game season when all across the game uh, really good players like Christian Yelich just never could get going. That is a huge challenge for David Stearns when you take away the financial component of the thing to determine where he needs to solve problems. So, look, I mean, bottom line, he said it, the offense was not good. And they need to start working backwards from that premise. How do you fix it is going to be the real challenge, especially when you don't really have, you know, they're going to say they don't have the finances to go just like solve this by a free agency. They're going to have to do it in other ways.
0: Yeah, it's going to be tough for the average fan to understand and go, "Oh, okay, you don't have money," when we're talking about billions and the amount of money that was being argued about uh, in the uh, you know in, in the be in the in the beginning because we were talking about the ability of Major League Baseball to get games in what they were going to lose, what they weren't going to lose, and all that kind of stuff. So it, it's tough to talk about in that realm because people just look at the game as making billions of dollars and fans want to see your team at least go out and spend money in the right places to bring in the right people that, you know, you can fix, so to speak, fix particular holes. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm with, with you. It. Go ahead.
1: Here's, here's two problems with that, Bill. One is, you know, the Brewers would say they've done that. David Stearns would argue they've done that. Um, even though payroll came down at the start of this year from the year before, they committed $215 million to Christian Yelich they still had a payroll that in their accounting was over a hundred million dollars um, because they don't just count the salaries of the 20, what it was supposed to be 26 players on the opening day roster. There's more that goes into their payroll, a lot more that goes into their payroll accounting. So they would say they have spent now the fans would say they haven't because they see other teams spending more and they see an owner who's a billionaire and, um, And they, you know, the other, the the second really complicating thing to the argument for teams that are saying that they don't have the financial flexibility is that the New York Mets just sold for, you know, someone will have to look up the figure. I'll I'll make up a figure and say $119 billion. It didn't appear that the Mets were impacted by the the value of the franchise was impacted by the world around it. Um, And that is that's the argument that I, I don't know that there's ever going to be a consensus about how to solve it. Where fans see the owners' um, value in in the value of their franchise and say you should spend now. It, okay, you take year to year loss, fine. You're going to cash out eventually, and the owners just don't look at running a business that way. They look at running yeah. a business by the bottom line year to year, and that's an argument that we're going to have forever. Um, I, yeah, I just, two,
0: six, okay. $2.6 billion, by the way, is what the yeah. Mets sold for.
1: So, yeah. look, I mean, that's, and that's in the midst of the greatest cri- financial crisis our country has seen since the Depression. So, you know, there, fans have an argument there that owners should, like, stop, stop talking about year-to-year finances and losing money year-to-year because your value is in the value of your franchise. Here's another thing I would say. Spending money is great it does not put you over the top. It, or it, it is not the thing that determines whether you're a good team or not. And there's examples all over the place. The Cincinnati Reds fared worse than the Brewers did in the postseason mm-hmm. after backing up a Brinks truck over the, the winter to some free agents. Um, and, you know, look, the, Ray, the, the Tampa Bay Rays are always the team that is raised as the example. They, they've done a great job of being really competitive. They look really good again this year um and you know they'd do it so it, it's you don't need you know the highest payroll doesn't win the world series it it helps you so I, I i'm not i i understand why this is a an area of focus and i expect that it will continue to be this winter just like it was last winter
0: it is um it's tough when you look though and you see that one of the best teams in all the sport is the L.A. Dodgers, who are spending an absolute butt-ton of money. You know what I mean? Yeah, but
1: look, again, the Dodgers are a really tricky example, too, because they're if they win the World Series finally, they're not going to have bought that World Series. They, of the playoff teams um, that made it to the Division Series round, they by far have the most homegrown players. So they've also done a great job of developing their own players, but then they've kept them. And that's been the thing I know that long has – you know, Brewers fans will say that's the story of their team is they've, they've not been totally bereft of good homegrown players, but how many of them have stayed. And that, that is a, that, that has been a problem for this franchise since the early nineties when the economics all changed and and started working against this team. Um, So look, but, but I think, you know, the Dodgers are, you can, you can kind of argue that the Dodgers are an example of you can get there if you, you know, draft develop really good players yourselves. And that's, that's, a big part of what the Dodgers have done
0: anyway that's the one thing about the Dodgers they hardly have anybody that's really I mean they got four or five players coming up that are going to be free agents but nobody of of epic proportion that is is going to make that's going to diminish that club you know what I mean yeah they've got a good
1: core I mean they're they're a powerhouse team um and look nobody would argue that that the Brewers were the better team in that postseason matchup. The Dodgers were far and away all around the diamond, the better baseball team. I guess I would just would say it, it was, you know, peak baseball that each of those games turned on, you know, kind of a little thing. And the margin mm-hmm. in those the individual games showed you the peril of those best of three series. Um, the Brewers, if they could have got a hit, which was, you know, a, a big challenge for them all year. But one hit changes the course of either game. Um, you know, game one turns on Brent Suter not being able to find the strike zone, which is, I don't know if anyone could predict that. And then game two changes on that error. Uh, and the Dodgers being a really good baseball team, they, they you know, capitalized and they took advantage mm-hmm. of that opportunity. But I mean, those were not ten to nothing games. They were right there for the Brewers, and I, you know, it showed sort of, you know, again, just baseball is. Look, David Stern said this in his season closing press conference. He he kind of articulated as cleanly as po- as possible and as ever, their philosophy of this thing: put yourself in the postseason as many times as possible. Give yourself as many bites at the apple as possible, and one of those times, if you do it enough is going to be that really special time where the pieces all fall into place. Now, I don't know if that's good enough for Brewers fans who just want a juggernaut that's going to steamroll to the World Series. That would be probably more fun. definitely be less agonizing. But the way that the Brewers see that their challenge in the, the structure, the way the game is, that's how they view it. And that's what they're trying to do is get to the postseason as many – get to the postseason more years than not, and one of those years – could be that really special season where everything falls into place. And they almost did it a couple of seasons ago, got to a game seven against a, another really, really good Dodgers team. And the Brewers were solid that year. And it, look, Jeremy Jeffers was awesome all year. It, you know, not, I'm not pinning it on one guy, but you know, you look for turning points in these things, a couple of turning points involving a really good reliever on the mound and the Dodgers getting a huge home run, big hit. Um, that's, that's where it turns, and if the Brewers reach the World Series, maybe it's a different conversation we're having right now. I don't know, but but mm-hmm. I, I'm just I'm I'm just saying. Like I, I think it it's been interesting to hear David Stearns articulate that a little bit. Um, like that's the way he thinks about building these teams. Get yourself to the postseason and give yourself a shot.
0: So this team, and real quick, because I know we're running late, but this team, and I said it today, it's not in rebuild. They're not going to strip it down. But they're going to retool it in many different ways, and it may be small, short-term, catch-lightning-in-a-bottle contracts.
1: And the other thing is, you know, because of the just constraints and what any team can do in a single offseason, you're going to have to rely on some players who are really bad this year. You're going to have to think, and I don't know if Omar Narvaez is that guy, but he jumps to my mind as, like, the prime candidate. You need to determine whether your analysis of what this guy was as an offensive player, when you made that trade is right or whether what he was in the 60 game season is who he is. And mm-hmm. I don't know how they're going to come down on that one, but there's going to be examples where they go into the next season with guys who are really disappointing this year. Adrian Hauser is another guy that comes to mind on the pitching side. Um, you're not going to be able to wipe the slate clean, except for the players who did well in 2020 and then, fill in you know, with, with better players at every other position. You're going to have to pick and choose your spots where you think you can make impact. And look, there's lots of possibilities. First base, again. Third base, again. Um, maybe catcher. We'll see. Um, you know, what are you going to do at shortstop? Is Orlando Arcia now the guy there, and, and does that make Urias a, a potential for third base? There's some moving pieces, um, but I guess my point is that they're going to make some decisions that tick people off a little bit and make it look like they're just sticking with mediocrity. But what they're doing in, in those cases probably is sticking with the analysis that led them to acquire those players in the first place and not make snap decisions based on this 60-game sample in which we saw all across the sport weird things happen and they were almost always bad for the hitters.
0: Yep. Adam, great stuff. Uh, enjoy the off season, and uh, I'm sure we're going to talk again soon. Sounds good. Yep, this is all guarantees they're going to go out and be the biggest spending team in the winter and bring in every free <laughs> agent possible. Find
1: a gold pile of gold somewhere buried underneath Miller Park.
0: Yeah, that ain't happening. I'll tell you that right now. But, <laughs> uh, you know, we can keep dreaming, man. That's what it's all about. That's what sports fans do. We keep dreaming. Good stuff. At least the Packers are good. Right? Absolutely. 100% agree there. There you go. Adam McAlvey of Brewers.com and MLB.com joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider hiring drivers right now. You work hard. They treat you fair 80-plus years. They've been doing it. Call them, 844-PRIDE, or go to schneiderjobs.com. That's 844-PRIDE, or go to schneiderjobs.com. That's schneiderjobs.com.